What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode number 37 here on the Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today I had a Cleveland native. Uh, he's currently in L.A. these days. Um, Jeffro Cause. He's a producer, singer, songwriter, um, overall very talented musician. Um, I've been waiting the last few months to get to interview Jeffro, and we finally made it happen this week. So I'm very happy to get him on the show. Um, we talked about a lot of great things today. He discussed kind of his early influences, Nirvana, Pink Floyd being being a couple of them. Uh, Kanye West as well. He said around the time that College Dropout came out is when he started to get into doing a lot of hip-hop. Um, overall, he's a very diverse producer. He's worked with uh, Beyonce, Kehlani, a lot of other uh, pop acts, and some other hip-hop and R&B acts as well. Um, and he also talked about his move to L.A., which I believe, according to the timeline he said, was about 2009 or 2010 when he made the move to L.A. And he kind of just worked from there. He's worked the last 10 plus years to kind of get where he is now as far as being able to have a sustainable career. And I appreciate all the advice he gave today uh, to kind of pretty much to any upcoming musician about how, you know, there's a lot of risk taking involved in these decisions we make every day. And that's whether, you know, you decide to move to a big city or you're just kind of doing it from your house online or whatever the case may be. You have to eventually kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit in order to see the growth. And that to me was the biggest thing about this episode that I took from it at least. And, uh, you know, I think you guys can take a lot of these uh, tidbits as well. And I appreciate Jeff Rowe and I'm looking forward to seeing all the new music that he's been working on coming out very soon. He goes into a little bit more detail about that and who uh, you can expect to hear from him working with uh, in 2021. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome everyone to episode number 37 here on the Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today we got a Cleveland native actually. He's a really dope songwriter, producer, uh, singer, this guy does a little bit of everything. Uh, he's worked with Beyonce. He's worked with Kehlani, a bunch of other artists. We're probably going to get into that here. Jeffro Kaz is here. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Good to be here. Yes, sir. And again, like, th- like I said, thank you for getting back with me. And, you know, it took a while, but we finally made this happen tonight, and I'm really excited about yeah. it. So to start out, we kind of just have the guests kind of give a little bit of background info, kind of how you got into music, just the real basic stuff for those that might not be aware of you and your work so far. Absolutely. So, um, let's see. I, I mean, I started playing piano when I was five. Um, my older brothers were playing, so I was like, I just really was inspired, wanted to play. I had this thing where I just wanted to be hogging the bench all the time. By the time I was like um, 10 through 12, I was picking up the saxophone and the guitar. And um, probably about that age, 12 or 13, is like when I decided I wanted to be a songwriter. So, um, uh, yeah. And then, like, throughout my teenage years it was like I started singing and rapping and um and uh that was when I started recording like I I, I bought like <laughs> an old school um four track recorder on tape cause you know that was that was my time and uh also um I didn't really have money for like anything digital at that point so um that's kinda how it started very humble and um I went to school in Boston I met a bunch of musicians and um, kind of learned from different people as far as like new recording techniques and shit like that and um, yeah over time I just I just uh, kept you know with the the whole original thing of doing it myself um, 
and uh, I just developed my sounds and all that. Um, I've always been like a, a songwriter artist, but uh, the production the production thing kind of became my thing because I, I love every style of music. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's the that's a blessing. And then yeah, growing up in the part of Cleveland I was from, uh, there wasn't too many people doing um, doing music the way I was doing it. You know, like there was there was people in like punk groups and like maybe some metal bands and stuff. So, you know, I jammed with friends and stuff, but there was never, never quite the same um, level of interest or dedication. So that kind of just pushed me to, to do it myself, you know? Yeah, that's, that's super crazy. Cause like, I always like to hear people's stories and like kind of how they got into it and everything. And uh, I remember mm-hmm. when I first discovered you, I think you, uh, you produced for a PJ, a song called I'm good. Right. That was you, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. That's the first mm-hmm. song I heard that like you were credited on. I was like, I fucking love this song, and I'm like, I gotta check out this guy's stuff. And then I saw like you worked with Beyonce and like all these other people, and so I've just been following you ever since. So, and, uh, like, so, like the diversity, I really hear that, and I'm gonna get in. I have another question later on about the diversity and everything because I find it. I always love like producers, especially that kind of have like a wide range of like where they go and the styles and everything. So, kind of interested uh, to hear about that. But as far as, like, the process of, like, how you begin a track, is there ever any certain way you're starting, like, the process? Is there, like, you just start with maybe drums or, like, a lead or something? Or does it kind of depend on, like, the artist you're working with or kind of the environment you're in at the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always, like, a different situation. Um, I think back in the day I used to just be, like, uh, starting with drums and then I kind of realized that um it's a i I think it's more beneficial to to just like have you know some melody or or chords or whatever um so a lot of times i i uh will like just come up with like different samples or um whatever it is chord progressions of some sort and i just like work on those and build up my library so some sessions i'll just straight up come in there and kind of go through it just to save time or just to quickly inspire people um and just i'll go through different things you know judging on the atmosphere or like you know a lot of times in the beginning of a session we'll just be kicking it we'll be like having a conversation and just like you know you you get to learn about these people that a lot of times are strangers Mm -hmm. um and uh you know after like however long it takes you might have a song idea already just by our conversation and we'll go off of that and I'll just grab a guitar or I'll get on the keys or whatever it is. Or if like I can already sense their vibe is like they like to write to a beat and I'll go through my beat library or I'll just pick out a little one of those what I was mentioning earlier, like a progression. Those usually seem to be the most popular. And then uh, we'll go off of that <clears throat> and then we'll develop it. We'll add drums to it or we'll just focus on the song and getting getting a hook first or whatever, you know, because everybody just has so many different um styles but uh a lot of times when i'm by myself like you know creating a full beat or whatever like um a lot of times i just like to kind of go through my own playlists or whatever like you know on spotify things i've been randomly like liking just kind of go through them and see if i can like find that original inspiration you know from whatever reason i like that song I'll, i'll play it again and be like oh yeah that's right there's that one part that like I need to do something like that, you know, whatever it is that spoke to me. And then I'll, um, I'll just start something like that and then, and then develop it. And, and if I have like all the time in the world, I might spend like, you know, three or 
three plus days on a beat, you know, just to get it right. Um, yeah, sometimes sometimes my my, my uh, techniques are a little weird <laughs> in my own opinion, but because uh, I'll, I'll I'll just keep remaking the same shit, you know. I'll be like, uh, uh, this is cool, but like I, I fell out of love. I, I don't. There's something about that I don't like, and then I'll restart something or, or keep some aspects of it, recycle it, whatever it is. But in the session life, like I said, it's always different. So I, I like to come in prepared and like have like a template ready, maybe some chord progressions or samples or full beats or just like if I if I if I get a preview of that person I, or those whoever it is writer artist um <clears throat> and I hear that they like just want to do it on a guitar then that's cool too you know like we'll, we'll just keep it old school and, and jam until we find the right idea then we'll record it mm. I would think too for like sessions especially to have stuff like kind of just in your back pocket and be like uh, we're going to talk about the with the artist and see kind of what direction they're heading in and then be like, oh, I have something kind of like that. I can play it for you right now. And then, like, once they hear the idea, they might mess with it. Or even if they don't, they could be that could spark another idea, and they could be like, well, what if we try this? And then you kind of just end up building up something totally different. So, like, I kind of know what you're talking about just from, like, the producer perspective because I've kind of been trying to do that myself with, like, just trying to get – in the artist's head a little bit that has nothing to do with music just kind of like where they're at in their life even can help you kind of understand like how to build it out and to what they're going for musically and everything so it's kind of just like it all comes back around like full circle in a way but it all kind of just depends on where each specific artist is at that moment you know what i mean so absolutely i, I my favorite sessions or, or or songwriting process is straight up just like when uh, you know everybody's on the same wavelength, we all have good energy, and mm-hmm. and you just feel like you're you're meeting a new friend, and you just start having conversations. And next thing you know, you're like, you know, you're like, hold up, that last thing you just said, that's it. Let's go with that. You know, something relatable that they just brought up naturally. That way, we're not like just trying to sit there and like, you know, think like, how can we make a cool song <laughs> sometimes it feels feels a little forced yeah, but, it, um, it seems to like never work that way because you really got to have like that relationship with them beforehand because if you don't you're just kind of like throwing things at a wall and just waiting for something and it might never happen you know what i mean but like it almost comes in like the most unexpected times too like a lot of a lot of songwriters i work with are real impressive because they'll come in with a you know a list of concepts might be like two words or three words or like maybe a sentence or a question or something and, and sometimes we'll roll with that so um over the years I've, I've kind of been doing the same thing i have like my notepad on my phone i just fill that up usually um i come up with those best ideas on the same thing when i'm not thinking about it too much like i might be in the car and like <clears throat> i'll hear something you know like whatever i'm playing or or like i'll see something outside or like yeah just nightlife you know uh remember that time where we, we, we could go out and see people <laughs> back Bare, in the day I barely remember that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that those were like good good times for me because you just see people out on the streets or, or in a club or a bar or wherever the fuck you're at and um, and just just um, those were always times where I would come up with a lot of lyrical ideas just you know and I put it in my phone and I, I would hope the next day when I look at it it's still uh, has the same meaning to, mm. to to myself. You know, when I read it again, I'm like, all right, was that a good idea or was I just a little tipsy? But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's always fun just to load up on those concepts. Um, those are also like just great tools to like get the session moving, you know, like 
if you have something that's relatable and it's only like three or four words, like you might see it some way, but somebody else might take that sentence or that, that catchphrase or whatever it is and spin it in a whole other way that you didn't even think about. Mm. So, you know, the, the co-writing process is, is crazy sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely the beauty of like the whole creative process as a whole. Um, so that's definitely awesome. I know you said you play keys. I think you play guitar too, right? Like you play, you're kind of multi-instrumental. Like, would you say that? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to ask like if you had to choose like an instrument to kind of get it going or like maybe what is your strong suit you'd say, what would that be? Um, they're, they're all kind of equal, but it, it sort of depends on, <clears throat> I guess it depends on the style that we're going through, you know, like, uh, you know, I saw, I was like classically trained on the piano and I studied jazz. Um, like when I was a teenager, I just like, I had a teacher and like, he told me to get these like books from the seventies that were like all about jazz theory. And, and I wasn't like super into like that type of method but like I sort of forced myself to get into it and after like a month or two I was like loving it and learning like so much about the theory by the time I was like you know in my 20s I was like damn like I'm a jazz musician I'm a jazz piano player and then like guitar I, I picked it up because you know probably like a lot of people like I was listening to, to Nirvana and that was like the reason I picked up guitar and I just wanted to play the stuff like that and then I was playing metal and like you know Metallica all kinds of stuff but then like I got into reggae and then eventually I applied the jazz stuff to guitar. So it's like, I play them both equally, but different. And then, and then I also like to joke and be like, yeah, sometimes I play the guitar like a piano player or, you know, the other way around, it, you know, I've, I've kind of like flopped the, the two techniques cause they're, they're different instruments. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely times where a lot of people just want to start on guitar cause I feel like it's so, um, easy to write a song to it, you know, and, and you could like transform whatever you write to a demo on a guitar to other instruments. And the same goes for piano too, or keys or whatever. But, um, a lot of times people like just something simple and not busy. But, uh, if, if it's like a style of music where like, you know, we get to, we get to show off more on the instruments and stuff like, you know, again, it's like both those instruments. Those are, those are my best friends, you know? So, um, the guitar, like I, I love making sounds with the guitar that like I put certain effects on them and like you can't tell it's a guitar. You know what I mean? Like it's just like what is this alien instrument sound? And then uh, the keys, you know, same thing. You know, there's different things you can go uh, just just by using MIDI, for example. Is like you can do anything, or you can like resample something you played and play it on the keyboard. You know, like. Uh, for example, the the obvious one, like I'll, I'll use my voice as an instrument. You know, I have like I don't know hundreds, maybe a thousand or so of my voice, um, whether they're phrases or just one note or whatever. And, and I'll like you know turn that into an instrument that I'll play on the keys. And the same thing, people be like, "What is that sound?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's just that's my voice." <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what DAW are you on these days? Like, are you on one or are you kind of bouncing around to different ones? So, um, I do logic primarily. Um, <clears throat> I love it because of the recording. Uh, the templates I have are pretty, like I'm, I'm used to certain things so I can work really quickly on it. Um, however, even with the new versions, there's still times where like, it'll just be fucking up. Something about it like hmm. annoys me. <laughs> so I've also been using FL because um, I have a Mac and once they started um, releasing versions on the Mac I was like oh sweet 
I was like so happy to, to get into that because um, I saw so many people, so many producers I work with um, just working quickly on it. And uh, and just uh, sometimes, like especially when it comes to the hip hop drums, it's like it just feels like it hits harder or something. So I started uh, messing with that. I'm a little bit better at it. I, I guess I could say I'm proficient at this point. Um, but they're, they're definitely two different languages. So it sort of depends on what's going on like if it's a session usually i stick with logic because i still feel like that one is my natural sense at this point mm-hmm. i spent so many years on it um but fl is great for like making my brain think differently you know so i don't continue to do the same style of you know beats or ideas every single time it makes me just like you know it takes me out of my comfort zone a little bit which is cool and again like sometimes i'll be like listening to the differences of my my um uh, my beats and I'm like okay I should do certain beats on FL versus other pop beats on Logic or whatever and uh, and yeah I definitely like doing vocals on, on Logic um, back in the day I, I was on Pro Tools so I was able to sort of translate and understand how to apply the same knowledge of recording vocals on Pro Tools and take it to, to Logic mm-hmm. so I know I know you definitely couldn't probably do uh, vocals in FL because just from experience like I record my artist in FL it's just not it's not for that honestly like it's it's really good for like getting like the ideas down like the beats and everything and like you can mix pretty well in there but like every time i've like recorded anything it's definitely not good for that but i've heard like logic and definitely pro tools is like the best one for vocals is what i've heard but i've only been in <coughs> fl i've been in fl 12 since the beginning i'm not even on 20 yet because i just don't want to i'm i guess i'm just too lazy to update it but i do like what you said though about like uh kind of approaching it by like the genre the style is kind of what you end up using like if you're going for more hip-hop you want to be in fl usually and like if you're going for like pop or something else you might be in logic i've never heard that so that's kind of interesting honestly but it's pretty good i think to learn like different daws just so you kind of like can jump in at any time and say like an artist or engineer or someone is using that software you can be like oh okay i'm kind of familiar now with that so i can kind of yeah. assist where need be you know what i mean absolutely and uh they all do something different like mm-hmm. logic finally like upgraded some things where they do like something similar to fl when you're when you're just dragging in you know the the, the beats and whatnot mm-hmm. the patterns but um it's still not the same and uh and it took me forever to find out that there's a function where you can actually play your loops or you know whatever it is a percussive loop or hi-hat or whatever on logic and it'll change the tempo and it's not perfect it doesn't work every single time but um that took me years to realize you could do that so that's that's the thing about logic that would irritate me was just like um some stuff is just not easy to 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 discover it's like sort of hidden or, or just complicated to find out oh you can actually do this but it takes a couple of extra steps compared to like maybe Ableton with, where you just simply just change the tempo of a beat by playing it and, you know, making your, your, your whole track go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, Ableton is something else I have, but I don't use it because it, it scares me. <laughs> I just look at it. I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know how this makes sense. But um, that's the other one that I, a ton of people I know still use that. And like, I just watch them work and I'm just like amazed. Um but yeah, same thing with FL. It has like certain plugins and certain functions that you can you can do that are not present on Logic. So um, that's amazing too. You know, like a lot of times uh, I'll do both. I'll like start with making a sample in Logic, and um, 
because I'm pretty quick at that and like I can make it sound like you know I can make it sound vintage like it like it actually was something from a different era but it's like no this is all new <laughs> and then like I'll uh, consolidate it or whatever and then I'll throw it in the FL and then I'll make the drums around it you know and like that way it's like I stopped thinking it's like two different brains like I stopped thinking about the musicality of it like in logic I'll be like thinking about like okay what like chord wise like does this go well with that is this going to sound good like that and then like get the sonics right and then by the time I dump that sample into FL it's like okay I'm not even thinking about anything like you know whether whether it was subconsciously thinking about music theory or not I'm just not thinking about any of that at all. I'm just literally thinking about the the feel of the groove and like whatever samples I made for myself, that's what I'm using. And I might add on to it more, you know, like more music stuff. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of been my last uh, method of doing things like the last like year and a half. Mm. Very experimental, but um, it's, it's fun. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Um, have you ever thought about like just doing sample making kind of just that as a separate thing kind of like a frank dukes or like the, what the kingsway people do where they like make like samples for like other people to use have you ever kind of got into that or ever thought about doing that yeah i've been doing that a lot um some of my some of my placements my bigger placements have been that in fact okay. yeah i didn't know um, that i didn't know what, that honestly what yeah yeah whether it was like a co-production where i was in the room with another producer and we made the beat together or a, a few times where like i would um make you know a series of certain guitar sound you know whether it was like okay i want to make some like 70s type of funky vibes you know and then i'd pick a couple guitar tones and then like i'd make one i'd make another one I'd make another one and just try and beat the last one each time and then i'd just be like okay that's my 10 samples in that style and then you know i just throw that around and and um sometimes you especially especially when like everybody wants the same sample mm. business-wise it gets complicated because you might get like a couple of different people making a beat to your sample and like um and then it turns into two different songs and then you're like oh shit mm. now what do we do like uh is this gonna be do i have to give it to only one person or can two people have the same sample or, you know like it gets weird but uh but it's also a blessing i guess when that happens because then you know you're on to something you're like okay i gotta whatever i did that day do that again that also helps with like your quick ideas thing where like you have ideas ready to go and you can just present those ideas and be like let's just run with this and just make a full <clears> song <throat> out of this so that's <clears> pretty, <throat> that's really cool um so that kind of goes into back where I had started, which was your whole diversity thing and kind of like how you like to uh, experiment, do a lot of different things. I'm curious, I know you mentioned Nirvana earlier, so who else, when you were coming up, or maybe even now, are you listening to that's kind of like you're drawing a lot of influence from or you're like, wow, I really like that person's music and you're just trying to incorporate that in what you do? Yeah, so, um, I mean, from growing up, you know, I was always like classic rock, like Jimi Hendrix, The Doors, um, and I think once I got to like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, that's when I really became interested in production and recording. Um, when I when I found out that Jimmy Page was, you know, behind the production, a lot of those Zeppelin songs, I was just like, okay, that's that's crazy. So he's in the group, and he's also like taking control of his sound, mm -hmm. not you know just by himself, but he was one of the one of the leaders. So that that was inspiring in the beginning. Um, then I got you know just like everybody else, like Kanye. Once I, once I heard the college dropout, I was just like, 
whoa, you know, that, that like really changed a lot of um, ideas. And I was like, okay, I started making piano based beats and stuff like that. Um, like a lot of gospel stuff. Um, and that, that as an artist, that sort of like was my sound for a long time, just making almost like chill music or happy music. Um, uh, funny enough though, these days I make more moody stuff, but, um, so that was, uh, that was probably, you know, whatever that was, the con- the early Kanye years. Um, and I would say like these days, uh, there's just, there's so much, um, but off the top of my head, like I'm always a fan of like soul, soulful type of stuff. So like, um, Anderson, Anderson Pack is like, you know, definitely a lot of his earlier stuff. Like I love, I love just like the, the funky stuff. Um, and, uh, I was always a Tyler, the creator fan, like his jazz incorporations and his beats just like so crazy to me. Um, and, uh, who else? I mean, you know, uh, somebody that I worked with and had some success with was Flume. Um, and before I even worked with him, I was, I was a fan, you know, like once I heard his production, I was like, this is the best producer ever. Like his shit is so unreal. And, and then, um, well, you know, to change subjects, I guess, uh, when I actually did work with him, he was cool enough to like, you know, he was like showing me on his laptop. Like, you know, I was like, what what did you do? How did you just make that sound? And he'd be like, Oh, I just used this effect and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was just like, blown away to work with him in person a few times because he just seems to always evolve you know mm-hmm. and uh and again just so different like his 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 stuff is just like always so weird and just you know he doesn't follow the same rules so i've always been inspired by that type of message you know i know like i've heard a few of his songs my favorite song by him is uh god as push a t in it i think um i think it's called enough maybe but like I heard okay. that, I heard that song, and I was like, "Man, this dude's like his style and like the aesthetics he uses and everything, and like the different sounds. Like he had like a synth that like sounded like you were scraping like a freaking like like a chalkboard or something. But it sounded good. But like the way right. he like put it together with like the drums and everything, and like he does like cross like EDM and hip hop and stuff. Like everything I heard <clears> from him and like Bauer. Bauer's another great guy that does a lot of that type of stuff too." So like I like I said, kind of like yourself, I always admire people that kind of like um, can like combine a lot of different sounds and make their own thing out of it and everything. So, uh, what what album did you work on with him? What song was that? Because I have to look it up. Yeah, so it's off of Skin, and um, it was his. Uh, I'm on two tracks on Skin. Uh, one of them is Never Be Like You, which is that uh, the the one that was all over the radio and all that. Um, and that, that was the first day that I worked with him and, uh, just, just crazy how that all works out. (laughs) You know, we ended up working on like probably 10 to 12 tracks that day and, uh, never be like you was like probably the second or third one that we worked on and it was already kind of developed. So I was, I was just like sort of helping out and, and, um, just helping close out that song. Um, but uh, another one I'm on is uh, it's called Numb and Getting Colder, and uh, that one's like really weird, classic Flume style, just like kind of like you, what you said, like the, the scrape sound effects, and just you can't even describe what the sound is that you're hearing. Mm. So um, 
but yeah, we've we've done a couple other things too that just never came out. Hmm. Um, yeah. Nice. I'll have to check those out then, because I didn't know I didn't know you worked with him actually. So that's pretty that's pretty cool. Um, so is there anybody that you named or maybe that you didn't name that you'd eventually in the coming years want to collaborate with in some way? You think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the list always grows. Uh, you know, for the longest time, I've always been wanting to work with Childish Gambino. I don't know. I don't know what his deal is if he's even trying to put out music anymore. But um, always, always a fan of his because he he would just like cross over in so many genres. Um, I worked with uh, Drum, or formerly known as Drum, now Shelly. Uh, I worked with him once or twice, uh, and that was a lot of fun. We ended up making like some outcast type music. Uh, I, I grew up loving outcasts, so that was amazing. Um, so I would love to get back in with him. Uh, like I mentioned, Anderson Pack earlier. I actually met him like um, like weeks before the pandemic lockdown started. Um, so that was one of those moments where I was just like, you know, I was like, how do I break the ice here? He doesn't know who I am. I was just like, yo, I, I know, I know some of your people and can I send you some tracks? So I've been, I've been pitching him some stuff here and there just via email. Um, yeah, other than that, like, you know, I, I feel fortunate that I've worked with so many, so many amazing people. Um, but as, as, uh, yeah, more young, talented artists come out, you know, I'm, 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 I just pretty much anybody who's dope, you know, like um, it doesn't even have to be like the, the number one radio artist, you know, I just like good music. You and uh, you and Anderson Pack would be like really awesome. Honestly, I could see how that could like be an amazing collaboration. And like to me, he's always seemed like kind of a guy that like he contributes such a big part to every record he's a part of. You know what I mean? Like whether he's on a hook or just maybe on background vocals or whether it's his own music. He always seems like he he's like the, he's becoming the cheat code honestly like kind of what um like Ty Dolla Sign has become in a way where like whenever he's on a song like he just makes it stand out even more like I think like he has kind of graduated to that level of like when he's on the record like he makes that big of a difference and like he it's very important to whatever song he's on so and like it was cool last year to see him on like the Nas record and he was on the Big Sean record and like he just kind of becoming bigger and bigger every year so that would be i'd love to hear that if you guys can make that happen for sure um yeah but you know all in due timing like you said the whole pandemic kind of threw a wrench in a lot of things so but uh i wish you luck on that um so i only got a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up here um is there any advice this could be business advice as well let's say music business advice that you would give to people that have only a few years experience in music or they're trying to figure out kind of like how to get things going is there any advice you'd give them to say this is very important when you're starting out as opposed to just going in with no information whatsoever and just kind of trusting everyone you see like was there ever an experience that you had that you kind of had to be like okay I gotta kind of learn my way around things here <clears throat> yeah I mean um beyond the obvious of just like you know continuously working to develop your craft and, and improve yourself and and and, and just never stopping because you know it it's it's a tough industry and um 
everybody everybody at whatever level you know is going to have ups and downs you know mm-hmm. little hiccups in their career and whatnot so um just just continue to remind yourself why you while you're doing it why you love it and and try and look for new inspiration but uh when it when it comes to getting out there and, and starting you know it's like you got to be a people person you got to be open to to criticism to feedback um you know some some people are harsh some people are nice some people are you know, it's just different personalities in the game. So you, um, being able to adjust and, and kind of just be resilient and um, take a, take you know take things with a grain of salt when it comes to you know heavy criticism, but also listen to people. You know, and because a lot of times we all hear our our, uh, our product a certain way, and as we get more and more confident, it's a good thing. But uh, sometimes you need other people's ears to uh, to really show you that what you know what you're missing or or just expose you to something that you never saw mm. that constructive criticism essentially at mm-hmm. the end of the day and like yeah finding a community is great you know um like i mentioned earlier you know i i was uh in the beginning i didn't really have uh i wasn't really exposed to too many people so in a, in a sense it was great because it it helped push me to to do all these things because I, I had no other choice. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to do it all myself. But um, once I once I got into this huge city of like everybody does the same thing, uh, it wasn't that I needed an attitude adjustment necessarily, but it, it was that I needed to like understand that um, it's important to go out there and, and work with many different minds and, you know, just kind of, you know, grow with, with different people, you know? Mm. Um, and it was once, once I got into more sessions and, and, um, found out who more people were and more people found out who I was, you know, I look back at like, you know, the time of like maybe three years and the difference that made in my, in my skills and, and, and just how I worked faster and how I worked smarter instead of harder, you know, um, a lot of that was just literally being exposed and, and throwing myself out there and, mm. and, and taking risks. Basically pushing yourself out of your comfort zone at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Cause you can, you can stay home and do this shit in your bedroom or mm. wherever it is, basement. You can do it all, all the time forever, but eventually it's like, you got to take that plunge and, you know, especially if you believe in it and, um, you know, as you develop and, and, uh, make some bold moves, you know, eventually I like to believe that, you know, the right people will come to you, you know, if you have, if you have the right sound and just stuff that like inspires a couple people and then it probably inspires a lot more people as you grow your audience or get out of your bubble or whatever. Mm. So yeah, you got to take that plunge and, yeah. and, and, and uh, sometimes that might mean moving to a bigger city where there is more of a music scene or whatever. Um, uh, again, we're in a we're in strange times, yeah. so you know that's a little limited at the moment. But this is a good time to like really stack up on your skills. I mean, the 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 ability to get out there and meet people online is greater than it ever has been. So mm-hmm. you know, there's really no excuses why people can't just like learn from each other, even in this uh, these dark times. Mm-hmm. You know, I I myself I'm kind of a firm believer in like the creative ceiling kind of there shouldn't be a creative ceiling for anyone, honestly. Like, you should always have new goals or new things you want to learn. Like, you can always continue learning, even if you've 
had great success or you've been kind of um, even on the opposite side, if you feel stagnant or whatever, you just have to kind of dig deeper to figure out, you know, what, what can I learn today? Like every day I think you just try and learn something new about any, any side of whatever you're trying to do. So uh, I think that's always very important for anyone trying to do, uh, especially in the creative field, in the music field. So um, that's definitely great advice. Now, if you could go back 10 years ago, Jeff Rowe, maybe tell yourself anything, give yourself advice, or maybe not do anything at all, what do you think you would uh, do? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question, but I don't know if I have a great answer for it. I, I don't know if I would change much due to the the time. That 10 years was, was kind of a change in my life anyway. Um, that's when I signed my first publishing deal, I was like in a licensing thing that wasn't really going anywhere. And then, um, I just met some different people and, uh, that was kind of around the time where, where things really improved for me about, about 10 years ago. Um, but I mean, ultimately I feel like the, the best things I did was, um, prior to that was that I, I, I kept my head up. I was, I was, you know, I was new to LA still and um, I was trying to figure it out and I was exhausting myself, working different jobs, doing auditions, doing acting auditions, doing everything. And I don't look at that like I spread myself too thin, but um, there were people telling me I was doing too much. So, you know, it's like, it's, I wonder if I was maybe, you know, utilizing my time to only focus on one thing if things would have happened sooner. But then again, I don't look back with regret and um and uh, i don't know i i, I kind of i'm happy with the way things played out uh maybe the only thing i could say is like if you ask that question like for a longer time span maybe i would have moved to la sooner uh perhaps instead of like just being a little nervous about it and uh but it was for me at that time it was like i was trying to figure out like should i go to new york because i was on the east coast at the time anyway but um I was trying to save up money anyway and figure it out, you know, and, and, uh, I think 2003, right when the college dropout came out was like, that was when I bought that CD. That was the first time I visited LA and that like sort of like inspired me. I was like, I should, maybe I should move out here, but it, then it, you know, I didn't move out for like at least four years. So who knows, maybe, maybe it would have been even more beneficial if I, I just moved out the next year. So 10 years from now, where do you think you want to be? Um, hopefully just doing the same thing. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, an even better resume and, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, if, 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 uh, if the music industry doesn't like implode, (laughs) I think, I think, I think things are developing in a, in a positive way. I I hope that songwriters and artists, uh, are going to get paid more. There's people working on that constantly. Um, but uh yeah hopefully doing the same thing and um perhaps even uh maybe doing more things like you know involved in film or 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 other avenues um i'm always like uh i'm always like you know networking with with people even outside of the music industry you know i'm always looking for new new things you know um whether they're creative or or not so creative just, just, uh, just as like potential backup plans. That's the other amazing thing about living in these bigger cities is uh, all the networking you you can do. You can meet 
amazing people from all over the world that you know inspire you in different ways and they're not even like music oriented or whatever so hopefully in 10 years from now i'll have all uh, i'll have more development in my career and uh and yeah i'll just still be loving you know waking up and and, and making music now i know i know you always got a lot of stuff in the works and I know you don't want to jinx anything, but is there anything we can look forward to for 2021 that we might be hearing soon or seeing soon? Anything you can reveal, though? Yeah, it's um, it's always hard to to tell like what's gonna come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of things that were like about to come out and they didn't. Um, but you know, there might there might be something with Pink Sweats coming out. Um, I've had a couple songs with him. I think we're just like waiting to see what happens. Um, I'm probably going to put out some songs uh, that I'm singing on. I might also put out like a little side project of just like beats that I love that either really aren't doing anything or they just sound better as an instrumental anyway. Um, So yeah, yeah. Right now it's like, it's sort of like, I feel like I'm always playing catch up, which is, good and bad (laughs) so i'm still finishing tracks that like i I wrote with artists like back in december but i'm almost caught up on that so i'm I'm hoping this week i'll be uh i'll be back on moving forward and um and uh yeah this this year could be anything you know i try and tell myself that every year it's just like keep keep moving i don't focus too much on like uh the disappointments or whatever i just try and brush it off and keep moving you know because this is a, it's a weird game, you know? And, um, as long as you keep making new stuff, people are going to keep asking for it anyway. So. And do you have any final words of wisdom today for the listeners? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, ultimately if, if you feel like this is something you should be doing, you know, and you, you, you're in a, situation where you don't have many people around you who are you know encouraging you to do it or or pushing you to they're trying to push you to do other things i don't know i think i think it's important to listen to yourself you know if you have passion for it um and you're you're willing to to you know to deal with rejection and willing to like you know you're you're understanding that it sometimes these things take a long time you know we we pay attention mostly to the people that have overnight success mm-hmm. and that can be really inspiring. But the truth is a lot of times that overnight success took a long time, you know, mm-hmm. it just, we're perceiving it that way. And, um, there's a lot of people that they don't even get their big break until like they're who knows, like in their thirties or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you get to meet people like that and you talk to them and you're like, it's inspiring and, and, and impressive what they've gone through just to get like, a mega hit or, or whatever it is. It doesn't even have to be a mega hit. Just, just something amazing that was influential and everybody loves their work, you know? So mm-hmm. nobody, nobody really has the same timeline. So, um, nobody ever has the same life and nobody has the same skills. So, you know, if you, if you have the hunger for it and you're willing to, uh, put up with a lot of bullshit, <laughs> you, uh, you should definitely go for it. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, you know, anything in life is going to be rough. So, um, it's, it's more fun to do music uh, in my opinion. I don't want to be in an office doing, uh, something that my boss is telling me to do. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take all the, all the hardship of what I'm, you know, involved in 
the only person at the end of the day I think can stop you is you at that point. You know what I mean? Like I think people forget that a lot. That like you are yeah. you are usually your biggest enemy when it comes to that. But yeah, for sure, you can get in your own way, and you can let people get into your head, and you can get in your own head, and mm-hmm. it's like you know you have the ability to listen to all that noise or try and filter it out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all very Just, well yeah. said, man. I appreciate that, and that's all I have for you today, man. Uh, like I said, I appreciate you getting back with me. I thought this was a great conversation, and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime, maybe in person, you know, once this whole pandemic kind of slows down. I know where you're at, it's like crazy, because there's cases going up and all kinds of stuff, but I should be making my way out there. Uh, maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe we could uh, do this again. I don't know. Absolutely, for sure. Thank you for you know having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening today. That was episode number 37. We'll be back same time next week. As always, hit that support button on your podcast streaming platform if you want to send funds. Uh, if you haven't had the chance yet, feel free to go to provenknowledge.net backslash shop if you want to check out some of the new merch pieces we put out uh, at the end of January. Like I said before, we'll have more coming very soon. We're going to try and do seasonal drops and uh, special maybe holiday drops and things like that on special occasions. Uh, but like I said, until next week... Same time, same place. Thanks a lot.